Forest Grove Attridge. My name is Don, and it's my privilege to welcome you to this video service today. I'm also happy to be speaking outside at the beautiful Forestry Farm Park. So I hope that wherever you are this summer, you're getting to be in beautiful places and just being able to enjoy God's beautiful creation. Well, my name is Don. I'm one of the pastors at Forest Grove, and throughout the summer, we are starting a new series, and this series is called A Summer of Soul Care. And we want to invite you as a congregation to enter with us in a journey of learning about and practicing spiritual practices and asking God's Spirit to move in us, work in us, and asking Jesus to care for our souls. So, how does that sound? What do you think of when you think of soul care? Now, maybe for some of you, you're right away thinking, well, it's about time, church. We've been through a pandemic, and we need some soul care. So I hope we've heard your voices. Now, maybe some of you are thinking, well, soul care, that sounds pretty inward thinking or kind of navel-gazing. Does that, is that just an excuse to be lazy? Well, I sure hope not. I hope that soul care is something real and something active in our lives. Now, Attention that I feel and that I hear from a lot of people is this. During this pandemic season, a lot of voices within the church and Christendom have said, you know what, don't miss this opportunity. This is a time for you as followers of Jesus, with all this alone time you have and quiet time you have, read more, pray more, spend more time with God. What an opportunity, don't miss it. But maybe some of you have felt just the exact opposite. Maybe some of you have felt frustrated, lonely, confused. And even when you've tried to spend time with God, perhaps you've just felt, I can't concentrate and I just can't seem to quiet my spirit. Well, if you've had that frustration, and I know many have had, I want you to hear today and through this series that your Jesus is for you, he's calling out to you, and his heart for you is he wants to bring rest to your soul. So a summer of soul care. So when I say rest for the soul. And when you hear that word rest, perhaps you also have some similar reactions like before. Perhaps that just sounds like an excuse for idleness or laziness. But I want to remind you that when the scripture and when Jesus talks about soul care, when he talks about rest for the soul, he's talking not just about physical rest, but he's talking about a deep inner rest that's all about peace and all about purpose in our lives. So, how does rest for the soul sound? Consider these scriptures. Psalm 62, 1. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Psalm 116, 7. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And then listen to the prophet Jeremiah 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that interesting? The prophet here is not talking about sitting or wallowing. He's actually talking about moving towards God, moving towards the soul rest that is God's heart for all of us, his children. Now listen to the words of Jesus from Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to 30, and this is from the message translation. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. 
learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, as that text stays on the screen, just look at it really closely. And maybe if you're like me, you look at that and you think right away, it sounds too good to be true. And that's, that's my reaction. Like, are you tired? Yep. Worn out? Yep. Especially of Zoom. Are you burnt out in religion? Yes, in many ways. Would love to gather in church and in community again, but burnt out on religion? Yep. But then what does Jesus say in the midst of that? Come to me. Get away with me. Recover your life. I'll show you what rest is all about. And then that last line, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What an invitation. Jesus, is it possible? Can we live freely and lightly? Now, Jesus, when he interacted with people, um, knew how to draw out their desires. And, you know, sometimes Jesus asks questions that really has me scratch my head and go, Jesus, why are you asking that? Like, for example, he, he often would ask people, what do you want me to do for you? And often it was obvious because like someone who needed healing, like a blind person is standing there and Jesus says, what would you like me to do for you? And the person's like, I'd like to see. So sometimes we wonder about that. But I think what Jesus is trying to do is get to something deeper in the desires of us. A great example is in Mark chapter 10, where there's kind of two contrasting images. One of them is a blind man. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, I want to see, obvious. But then there's a strange story of two of Jesus' disciples, James and John. And they come to Jesus. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, when you become king, can one of us sit on your right and one of us sit on your left? Wow, what, what a request. And interestingly, Jesus doesn't ream them out. He actually hears it. Uh, he kind of lets them know, you guys have no idea what you're asking. So with those incidents, consider this quote from an author named Calhoun, who says, For Jesus, requests for water, healing, rest, vindication, approval, status, and so on, all engage soul hungers. Even misguided desires open doors to relationship. That's the heart of your Jesus who is for you. That you can bring even your misguided and raw desires, your tensions and struggles during this season, and he invites you to follow him. He invites you to spiritual practices that can deepen and open up your faith. So as we encourage you to participate in spiritual practices this summer, just a, a brief history lesson on spiritual practices because I can't help myself because I am a self-professed history geek. So here we go. So early church, Acts 2.42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So there you have your first early church spiritual practices. Now, 300 years after the start of Christianity, Christianity grew like crazy, and yet um, it was around that time, 300 years in, that a Roman emperor named Constantine converts to Christianity and everything changes. All of a sudden, the church becomes institutionalized. Um, the church becomes a hierarchy of, of priests and bishops and all of that. And the common person gets farther away from God, the church, and very far away from scripture. So out of that time, something arose called the monastic movement. And that was when many people wanted to flee the changing church 
and like go out into the desert, go out to the mountains, hide in caves, and basically practice their spirituality there away from culture. And so it was during those many, many years that spiritual practices like silence, solitude, contemplation, simplicity, and service, and many, many others sprang up from that time. Now fast forward, and we get to about 500 years ago, to something called the Protestant Reformation. And at that time, the church changed incredibly. And all of a sudden, um, the church and the scriptures went from just the clergy and the hierarchy to the common person. See, along with the Protestant Reformation was also the invention of the printing press. So now all of a sudden, anyone who could read could get the scriptures in their language. And that changed everything. And that changed spiritual practices. And so for the last 500 years, followers of Jesus have primar primarily practiced their spirituality through the scriptures. So fast forward now to today, our, our incredibly fast and busy technological age. And I believe that once again, people are, are crying out for more spiritual practices that actually take us back to some of the quietness, some of the solitude, some of the, the deeper and, and more meaningful practices. So there's kind of been a resurgence of some of these ancient practices to go along with the incredible practices of scripture and prayer, or perhaps the ones we're more familiar with in church. So as we studied these spiritual practices, uh, one of the books we looked at listed over 60 of them, so there's many, and we just picked 10 to encourage you to try this summer. So I'll just, you'll see a list on your screen, but this is what they are. Praying scripture, celebration, Sabbath, simplicity, listening prayer, fasting, silence and solitude, Lectio Divina, and journaling. So as you look at that list, I hope and pray that there are at least some on there that intrigue you. And perhaps some of you have practiced many of them. Perhaps many of these will be new. But we just want to encourage you, make some space for Jesus this summer and give them a try. Now, I don't say that lightly. As I said earlier, a lot of us feel that tension, feel that frustration, feel that spiritual dryness. And perhaps you're at a place where you're going, I don't know if I've got any motivation left to make any space to spend time with Jesus. And let me just say my heart goes out to you. And yet, can I encourage you, even the smallest little bit of space? I remember several times in my life where I was in such a broken place that I basically couldn't pray the way I normally pray. And the only, the only space I could make was to pray the Lord's Prayer. And yet, just that little bit of space that I give to Jesus, he actually answers and his promise comes true that that when we seek him, that he is always seeking us. And so I encourage you, even if you can just give the, the littlest space, reach out to Jesus, because remember his heart for you? Come to me, all of you who are weary, all of you who need soul rest. That's his heart for us. So we encourage you through this summer to try these spiritual practices. Now, when we, I talked a little earlier about just being able to bring our desires and even those, those raw and misguided desires to Jesus. And so as, as you're coming to Jesus again, maybe it's even in those small times that you can, can find space for him. I encourage you, bring, bring the, the ache for change that you have. Bring your longing for belonging. Even bring your desperation to make a difference. Bring those to Jesus. Lay them out before him 
in any raw way and say, Jesus, if you truly can bring rest to my soul, if you truly can transform me, I'm asking you to do that in my life. So we're encouraging you this summer to participate in in our summer of soul care. And you know, we're asking you to be open, to give them a try, and to create space in your life to try this. And so part of the process will be that each week, um, someone will teach a spiritual practice and give you practical ways that you can practice it on your own or, or with whoever you would do community with. And then on the Wednesday evening, we're going to have a Zoom call where you can be a part of that. And it's just a time to debrief, to discuss and to ask questions and to share together how it's going as we practice these spiritual practices. So we encourage you to be a part of that all this summer. So as I close, I want to um, just introduce the song that's coming up right after me. And Brittany, one of our worship leaders, is going to lead us in a song called, O Come to the Altar. And you know what's amazing about this song? I love it. It talks and says, you know, if you're hurting, if you're broken, if you're thirsty, Jesus is calling. Come to him.
as you wait for the crown. Tell the world of the treasure you found.